Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six-foot-five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And we are going to talk about the top wide receivers in the 2023 NFL Draft, how they might fit with the New York Jets. The Jets may go wide receiver at 13. They may not. They may go wide receiver later on in the draft. They may not. We shall see. But they definitely could use a wide receiver as of this moment. We thought that they might get Odell Beckham Jr. That didn't happen. And so now they definitely do need another player at that position. The question, of course, is who would that be? How big of an investment do they want to make? I think it probably depends on how the board falls. And so to break down the all 22 of the top wide receivers in the draft, we're going to talk about the consensus top five. Our friend who does all the film over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet, the thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing well, Scott. Exciting time. We're getting closer to the draft. A lot of people are saying the Jets are set up wide receiver, but I think realistically we both agree that they're one piece away from having an elite group. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you've got a short window. Let's attack it. Uh, and I think there's a couple of guys on that list that could really help it, either uh, number 13 or 42 overall. Especially, of course, if Corey Davis goes in a Rodgers trade or if the Jets decide to release him and save $10 million. If they keep Corey Davis, it's not as pressing of a need, but I'm not entirely sure they're going to do that. I think it's more likely he's not here. So let's talk about who could be added These are the top five wide receivers by most people's rankings. And we'll start with the guy that at least I think is the number one wide receiver in this draft. Eric Edholm was on the show. He said he believes this guy is the number one wide receiver in this draft. And Luke, I'm pretty sure you agree that he's the number one wide receiver in this draft. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's the number one wide receiver on everybody's board. Everybody's going to have different ideas of who the best guy is. But to me, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba the wide receiver from Ohio State. Only played one year because he had the hamstring issue this past year, so that's definitely a negative that works against him. But 
in terms of what he brings to the table, from what I can see, his only real weakness is a lack of long speed because short area quickness, he's elite. We saw the three cone drills and all of that at the combine. He's got really good size, six foot one, 200 pounds, tremendous hands, outstanding route running. And so when I look at him, I see a guy who has potential to be an outstanding slot receiver somewhere in the mold of high side Cooper Cup, downside Amaran St. Brown or somebody like that. You heard Eric Edholm on the show say a souped up Julian Edelman, but all three of the guys I just mentioned, excellent wide receivers. I think Jackson Smith the Jigba has a chance to be right in there with all three of them. He's just so polished and so smooth and so crisp. And there's so many areas of JSN's game that you just have to love, Scott. I think as we get closer to the draft, you're going to see the gap between wide receiver one being Jackson Smith and Jigba and wide receiver two, whoever that is, is going to get larger and larger because that's what the consensus board's going to say because NFL teams are going to fall in love with this kid. There are certain receivers in the NFL, Scott, who are put into the slot because they can't play anywhere else, because they can't do a whole lot, and they have to be a Hunter Renfro type, right? There's other guys in college who are put in the slot because you want to showcase their skill set. Garrett Wilson was used that way at OSU originally, and then he was moved outside more because JSN popped in. What stands out most about him is route running, and it's one of the most overused generic terms in the scouting community, Scott, but what I love about JSN's route running is the nuance. For me, it's things like how shifty he is in and out of his breaks, When he's running his releases, he'll sell a little shoulder fake, but he's so adept at getting the corner to bite, then creating a leverage advantage, attacking the leverage. But it's also these little things like the way he adjusts his speed and his stride lengths on the stem of the route. He will lull you to sleep. He'll come out of his break super slowly. He's going nowhere in a hurry and he'll just step on the gas, have that great acceleration and burst and he'll blow past you. And that's without that deep end speed that you talked about. Yeah, JSN's not going to be... Deshaun Jackson in the NFL. He's not going to be Will Fuller. He isn't a guy who's going to take a lot of screens to the house. He isn't a guy who's going to beat you deep vertically on the outside, but he has such a fantastic skill set. And it all starts for him with that route running. Uh, It's so developed. It's just everything we've seen out of these OSU receivers since Brian Hartline's come to the team and been the wide receiver coach there. It was extremely impressive. And that alone is going to win him a ton of matchups in the NFL. I just think he's going to be an outstanding player for a very long time. It's important to remember, Luke, exactly what you said about Jackson Smith, the Jigba with Ohio State. People will say he can only play the slot and maybe he can only play the slot. If he does, he'd be a very high level slot receiver. But remember, all the wide receivers that were at Ohio State, it was a similar situation with Justin Jefferson at LSU, where there was just a crowded wide receiver room. Smith and Jigba, even with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in the same wide receiver room, put up record numbers in the Big Ten. And when he was going to get his shot to be the guy without Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, obviously he had the hamstring injuries. He had Marvin Harrison Jr. there too. Ohio State just keeps churning out these wide receivers. But certainly when you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba and you look at what the Jets got out of Garrett Wilson and how well they teamed together at Ohio State, if the Jets could put those two back together, seems like the makings of a really strong one-two punch for a long time to come. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the better one-two punches in the NFL if this was to materialize Scott. Um, his skill set just fits in so well with Garrett. As you said, they've already been teammates at OSU. We've seen how they mesh together. There isn't this 
great unknown of how's this receiver going to fit in with our group. It's already right there. You've seen it on the film and it worked extremely well with, you know, JSN having 1600 yards from the slot and, you know, nearly a hundred balls that season in 2021. So it takes away the unknown. You've got to love that if you're an NFL team, but Scott, there's just so many things he does. Well, you mentioned, yeah, he doesn't have the deep speed, but you don't think of a slot guy who's six foot one, six foot two as a contested catch guy, right? Well, in 2022, uh, sorry, 2021, JSN caught nine out of 10 of his contested targets. That is 90%, which look, it's a small sample size, but it's unprecedented. This is a guy with great body control, similar to Garrett Wilson. He's excellent above the rim uh, in those contested catches. He's not going to live there. That's not going to be his strength in the NFL, but this is not some small slot. That's why I think he's a little bit different to a Julian Edelman. I know quite, I know Mike Renner has also comped him um, to Julian Edelman, but I think there's some similarities to um some of these big slots a guy like justin jefferson who yeah look he's not going to be that good necessarily but i think it's a pretty good profile to compare jsn to i think it it matches his skill set obviously jefferson was used highly uh in the slot in 2020 before he came out at lsu so um look i think he's a great player he's a great complement to this group lazard and, and wilson can also play inside outside so you love the flexibility jsn the primary slot guy 70 30 type breakdown i think it would be an incredible win for the jets at 13 but we'll see how it unfolds play like a jet play like a jet another receiver who could be in the mix in the first round is quentin johnston a wide receiver from tcu a lot of people were disappointed that he wasn't bigger when he measured in some were saying he was six foot five ended up being only six foot three when eric edholm from nfl.com was on the show he said he thinks johnson's a solid number two option could be a good receiver but doesn't see him as that lock stock and barrel number one more of just a bigger possession guy is that what you see when you watch the film yeah look scott I wanted to really like the Quentin Johnson film. I was a guy who loved DK Metcalf. I had him as my number nine prospect the year that he came out. And from a profile perspective, they look pretty similar. The tape just wasn't the same to me. DK Metcalf was a contested catch monster who could win above the rim. He had more fluid uh, change of direction, even though his three cone wasn't great. I think he was a better deep threat. Look, I think Quentin Johnson's going to have to have a very specific role to start his career. He's going to run a lot of goes a lot of slants and a lot of drags and posts. That's going to be his route tree. There's not a lot of versatility he gives you. And that's fine, but that's the number two receiver in the NFL. That's just the truth of it. His change of direction speed is not very good. That was, I think he ran something like a 7-3-3 cone. It's representative there. A guy like Denzel Mims, who has a similar knot, ran a 6-6-6, which is absurdly good. So Johnson is so far behind that. But the thing that he struggles with, Scott, is separation. And that's because of those change of direction skills. He's on a list of contested catch target percentages in college football with guys like Denzel Mims and Treadwell, those kind of guys who could not separate and therefore did not have success in the NFL. It's a scary list. Yes, I think he's a great vertical threat. I don't want to be all negative. He's a great vertical threat who protects his space, very similar to Alan Lazard. He's very good at protecting his area um, and then being able to make those over-the-shoulder basket catches. He's not going to win at the catch point a ton, though. Uh, as far as after the catch, he's extremely adept at getting north-south quickly. He will turn pirouette and he is going north-south. He's got big hips. He'll break tackles quickly and he's able to to, uh, to to get those extra yards after the catch. But a guy like, I don't know, a JSN has that shiftiness and can be more creative after the catch. Johnson doesn't really have that either because of those change of direction skills. So I guess in summary, I agree with everything you said. He's a wide receiver too. I think he's going to lack 
a diverse route, route tree and have a very specific role, but I still think he can be an eight, 800 to 1,000-yard receiver at the peak of his career. I just don't think he's a true wide receiver one. Quinn Johnston known for his size. Let's talk about a receiver who's definitely not known for his size. That's Zay Flowers, explosive player, good route runner. He's probably the quickest one of the receivers we're going to talk about, except for Jalen Hyatt, who has blazing speed. Flowers is an interesting prospect on the smaller side. Some people have said that he could be one of those flashier slot type receivers with deep speed in the NFL. What'd you see when you watched this tape? Where do you think he stacks up? Yeah, you know what? He's probably the receiver that I'm most torn on, Scott. I, I struggled with Flowers. I watched him and I thought, can he be an elite inside guy like a Tyreek Hill? And yeah, look, I could almost see it. He is really good at running, running whip routes and China routes and changing direction because he's got a low center of gravity and he's got that, uh, that wiggle and that juice in his body and you can see it. But then part of the time I watched it and went, he kind of just looks like Albert Wilson in Miami, which I didn't mean to be that harsh. But I th- you see that kind of gadget player, role player, who is going to have design touches. Look, yes, I think he can be a good vertical threat from the slot. Yes, I think you can do the jet sweep and the McCall Hardman stuff that he's going to do in this offense. But realistically, I just didn't look at him and see, this is a guy you can line up and say, go and beat this corner. And he's going to do it consistently. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I felt a little bit uneasy watching the tape. I thought it was a guy who you're going to have to manufacture touches for, again, have a specific role. That's fine. I just, that's not someone I want to take in the top 35, 40 picks of the draft. Someone will do it. Someone will love the speed. It's a horses for courses thing in the NFL. And someone's going to think I can turn him into Tyreek Hill. For me, I just thought he's another good role player. Someone who I think has excellent lateral quickness. He is you know, as Chris Sims would say, he's got a rocket up his butt and he's definitely got that speed um, in a, you know, short space, make people miss kind of the opposite of a guy like Quentin Johnson. So I was left, look, I'm going to watch his tape again. He's probably the one I'm most unsure about where, how I feel, but I just worry that he's not going to relate the best to the NFL, even though we're moving to a positionless slot receiver, 11 personnel league. I just still have some reservations about flower and how it's going to go. Are you worried at all about Flowers' size at the next level? Do you think that's going to be a hindrance? Look, if he's playing in the slot and he's facing off coverage because, look, it's very difficult to press someone from the slot, it's not a super big issue, but he's not going to win a ton at the catch point. There's a couple of hilarious highlights where he makes great above-the-rims catches, but he's not going to do that. Um, If receivers get hands on him, I worry he's going to struggle deep down the field um, to hold his own at the catch point. So it's a bit of a worry, I think, for sure. There's just not that many any receivers that do well. A, a, a perfect comp, I think, if you get the best out of Flowers and he turns out to be a vertical threat from the slot, who can also do some of the speed sweep stuff, is Tyler Lockett. I think if you look at Tyler Lockett, who's, I think, 5'10", 5'11", only a touch bigger, had that similar speed coming out of college. He's not a burner, but he's a very good vertical slot threat and he has that ability to stretch the field and utilize the speed. And he's been you know, fantastic with DK Metcalf when they had Russell Wilson in that offense in Seattle. So I think that's the best case scenario for Flowers. And look, that's a really good outcome and a really good player. But again, it's not someone I'd take at 13 because for me, that's not enough of a ceiling. We mentioned Jalen Hyatt before in terms of speed because I think Zay Flowers is the fastest of these receivers except for Jalen Hyatt. The question with Jalen Hyatt, of course, is press coverage and how he's going to do against NFL defenders because we only saw him flourish for one year and it was 
all speed all the time. He's a one-trick pony. Some people have said that maybe he could be Deshaun Jackson. That seems to be the default player that people compare these speed-wide receivers to, Luke. Whenever you see a guy who has blazing speed in college, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was really good in the NFL, but most of these speed guys end up more like Robbie Anderson on the high side than they do somebody like Deshaun Jackson. Do you see more of a Deshaun Jackson here or more of a Robbie Anderson, and why? It's funny, Scott. As soon as I got done watching Hyatt against Alabama, which was a huge game, he had like 300 yards and many touchdowns, and the Georgia game, I texted the group chat and I said, I've just watched Robbie Anderson. The reason that I think he's similar to Robbie Anderson is because he's a linear leggy athlete. What do I mean by that? He's got a high cut waist. So he's predominantly in his build legs. What does that mean? That means it's hard to change direction. It's hard to get in and out of breaks. It's hard to be a smooth lateral athlete. That's what Robbie Anderson was. You weren't throwing Robbie Anderson screens. Well, sometimes the Jets did because they weren't doing too well back in the day, but you want him to go deep. You want him to avoid press coverage and you want him to run as fast as he can down the field and be that vertical threat. People forget Deshaun Jackson was an elite punt returner. He had Tyreek Hill type wiggle. That's the kind of athlete he was. He had incredible change of direction speeds. That is not at all Jalen Hyatt. He's a guy who I think he's going to struggle massively against press. And that was shown by the fact that it wasn't on tape. Why was it not on tape, Scott? Because Tennessee went, we got to get this guy against off coverage. So they would stack him behind another receiver or they'd play him as the number two so they couldn't press him. People worried about his speed. In the NFL, he is still an extremely useful tool. If you have a deep threat like a Will Fuller or Robbie Anderson, that is a valuable commodity. But again, it's not someone I'm reaching to get even at 42 necessarily. Yes, it lightens up the box for a Brees Hall. And yes, he could have six, seven touchdowns and be that explosive play magnet. But again, you're going to sense a, a kind of a likeness when I talk about these prospects. A lot of them just are not very complete players. You're getting someone who has a very specific skill set. And that's why JSN is clearly wide receiver one. And the rest of these guys, for me, are quite a distance behind. Anything with Jalen Hyatt that people aren't talking about? Because I feel like all you hear with him is speed, 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 speed. Is there anything else he does or some sort of skill set that you think could be unlocked at the next level? Uh, I don't want to sound like a hater because look, he's a good football player and he's a high level <laughs> athlete. But I think linear was the word I used to answer your last question. That That's what I saw, Scott. I saw a guy that ran goes, he ran stop routes or curls and he ran slants. And honestly, I think that's going to be the extent of it. And that's why Robbie Anderson was my comp as soon as I put on the film. I don't think there's this little unlocked or you know untapped potential in his skill set. I think he is... Very, very easy. That's what I've liked about this year's crop of wide receivers, Scott. A lot of years I've really struggled with the position. They're so difficult to read. I've watched everyone on film and gone, Quinton Johnson can't separate. That's what the contested catch numbers back up in college. Addison struggles against press. That's exactly what the PFF numbers showed. And that's kind of how I feel about Hyatt. I think it was a very easy eval. And he's going to be that speed, go, slant, curl type receiver. Jordan Addison, smooth route runner. But I think it's funny because when we talked about him, you said to me, he's boring. That's not bad, by the way. Just means that you know exactly what he's going to do, sort of predictable, but very productive on a consistent basis. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw when you watched Addison. Yeah, the word I think I used, Scott, as well, when I was talking, you know, one minute review that something that everyone will see later. I've got some new short form content coming out with Play Like a Jet. 
Jordan Addison is polished. Like he is just a smooth route runner. Like he's just very, he eases and glides in and out of his breaks and he's good at his China routes and he looks nice running a speed out and he can, he, he can run those intricate routes that a lot of guys can't do. In the NFL, he is a slot receiver for me. He is, he played predominantly outside at Pitt and at USC. For me, that's not going to hold up. There's two reasons why. Similar to JSN, he does not have the deep speed to win vertically on the outside and the perimeter in the NFL, you know, the league and the corners they have there. He just will not win in that way. The other reason is, Scott, I just mentioned it in my last answer, when he faces press coverage and a corner gets hands on him, he just gets bumped off his stem and he feels like he can't compete and he just cannot fight through contact. And that for me is not a guy who can win as a traditional X receiver. I don't think he fits that profile. I think he goes to the slot in the NFL predominantly because he almost has to, but he still has a great skill set. He still runs fantastic routes. He's still going to be a great chain mover on third down. Um, has He has a better more rounded skill set. But again, I think he lacks the explosion and he lacks the ability to win on the outside. So the comp that I've kind of used is a a light version of Jerry Judy. I love Judy coming out, but I think how he started his NFL career is how I see Addison's hopefully sends the injuries, but a guy who is good in and out of his breaks, he's a good route runner, but just doesn't quite make it. Doesn't quite start his career with a bang like a Jefferson or a Wilson. I just don't think he's that caliber of player. I think he is, a good player, but I don't think he's ever going to be a top five, 10 receiver in the NFL. Luke, ceiling and floor, all five guys, go. Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm going to say that uh, JSN has the highest ceiling in the class. I also think he has the highest floor. That's for me why I think he is, you know, the easily the best receiver. A lot of people have comped into Justin Jefferson as a mover, as an athlete. And that, that kind of shows you the kind of caliber player he can be. Uh, from a floor perspective, I'd be shocked if he wasn't a 65 catches, 900-yard guy a year. That Julian Edelman type in a less volume offense like the Patriots. Uh, A guy like Quinton Johnson, I think the ceiling isn't a DK Metcalf, unfortunately. I think it's lower than that. I think his ceiling is uh, a wide receiver too, like maybe a T Higgins before last year. This doesn't quite have wide receiver one potential. T. Higgins had a really good season. Maybe that's a poor example, but that's probably his ceiling. I think his floor is a guy like Denzel Mims because I think he's a similar profile athlete. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think his floor is probably very similar to his ceiling because you know what you're getting. I think it's probably Robbie Anderson versus Will Fuller. Maybe Will Fuller's a slightly more dynamic athlete um, and has a slightly better route tree. So I think they're probably his ceiling and flaws. I think it's very difficult to go wrong with him. You're going to get 600 to 700 yards a season, but in a very one-dimensional way. Um, Jordan Addison, I think the ceiling probably is a Jerry Judy, a guy who can be a wide receiver one in the NFL, play inside and out. But on the low end, I think you're looking at you know, a guy who really struggles to forge a role, a wide receiver three who doesn't play in 11 personnel and kind of has 500 yards a season. And I guess the last guy to talk about is um, uh, the speed guy, Trey Flowers. Uh, sorry, Zay Flowers, excuse me. I think Flowers' ceiling is that, that Tyler Lockett that I mentioned, the slot threat, deep threat, um, thousand yards, one or two, maybe three years in his career. And I think his floor is a gadget guy. I think his floor is... Tutu Atwell or, you know, someone like that who is used in a very specific way, maybe a McCall Hardman Jr. I think that's kind of his his floor and what you know you can get out of him because that gadget kind of lifts that floor a little bit. Luke, let's do player comps for all five guys. Who do you got? 
Man, comps are tough. I, I, JSN, I haven't got one for yet, Scott. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't want to use Justin Jefferson. He was a guy that I didn't do particularly well scouting myself. <laughs> um, so I'm going to leave that one yet. I haven't quite finalized on him. Uh, Hyatt was easy. He was a Robbie Anderson for me. Um, Zay Flowers. I'm going to use the Tyler Lockett light uh, again. I know I'm repeating some names with ceilings and floors, but I just think that's the the style of player that they are. Um, then I think you're probably looking at. Um, Addison being maybe like a, I don't want to be disrespectful and say someone like a Zay Jones, but just, you know, that, that kind of wide receiver too, who just doesn't, doesn't turn into Jerry Judy. Um, and Quinton Johnson, oh man. I mean, it, it's, to me, it's, it's DK Metcalf light, but it's just very light. He doesn't have the skills above the rim. So they're probably how I would describe the players using pro comps with pro comps. I'm always using style, not, uh, you know, the level of skill. I'm trying to give you a picture of when you watch him, this is the caliber of athlete. This is what I'm seeing as far as the type of role he'll have in the NFL. So that's kind of where I have those five guys. Round grades. What do you have for each of these guys? I know you have Jackson Smith and Jigba as a first rounder. How early in the first round do you think it would be worth picking him? And then the other four guys, how many of them do you think are first rounders? And the ones that you don't think are first rounders, where do you think they should be slotted? You know what, Scott? I think this draft class is very weak. So I'm going to answer this this in two different ways. I think if you said to me, who do I have a first round grade on? The only one is Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think the rest are, you know, second or third round players as prospects. But 31 people have to go in the in the first round of the draft this year. So in saying that, I think there's a good chance that JSN, Addison, and maybe Flowers go in the first round. I think three guys will. But if you're asking me who I would take in the first round and who I think is a first round true, uh, you know, top 20 player, the only one is JSN. I think he's going to go between 10 and 15, and that's where he should go. I think his, you know, floor is probably the Packers at 15, um, and his ceiling could be, uh, I don't know, Atlanta. Mixing him in with uh, with Drake London would be quite a combination. Um, and then, yeah, I think the rest, they should go between 25 and 40 in this class. And we'll see a run like we did a few years ago where we had, uh, you know, Van Jefferson and Michael Pittman and Higgins and then Mims a bit later. I think that's how I view this class. People want to pump up the receivers. They're exciting and we love watching them. But I think it's a bit of an underwhelming class outside of JSM. Luke, anything else that you think is worth mentioning about these players that we didn't touch on? How about blocking? Which of these guys can block? Tell me about that and anything else that we may not have touched on yet. Look, to be honest, I don't think there's a Corey Davis for Jets fans uh, (laughs) in this draft of those five guys. None of them are particularly fruitful throwing their bodies around. Quinton um, Quinton obviously has the best physique and body type to be a, a good blocker on the perimeter. And you saw aspects of it, but sometimes it felt like his heart wasn't really in it. Um, as far as the position group in a whole, this is this is how I'll wrap it up, Scott. I think even though I've said a lot of negative things about this group, that doesn't mean they're bad players. A position group like a tackle or a corner, they can't be good at one or two things because they're on the field every single snap of the game. For a wide receiver, it's about what you can do, not what you can't do. You can utilize and carve roles to get the most out of a skill set, and you can make Quinton Johnson a really effective number two receiver who is a great deep threat who runs slants and drags and has some after-the-catch ability. You can turn Zay Flowers into a dynamic Nicole Hardman on steroids or, you know, a light version of Tyreek Hill. So even though I sound like I'm being negative, I'm thinking true wide receiver ones. You can always carve roles for these guys. And that's why they're going to be successful players in the NFL. 
Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the top five wide receivers in the 2023 NFL Draft with me. Really appreciate it. You've got breakdowns of the Jets' two newest wide receivers, Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard, up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikejet. Some scouting reports coming on the five guys that we discussed on this show today. Talk about our YouTube channel and also our store over at tpublic.com. Yeah, the tpublic stuff is awesome. We've got some cool designs, just a little bit of different merch, stuff like the... Uh, the Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you, with John Franklin Myers. We've got Play Like a Jet logo merch. You can put it on T-shirts, but you can also get creative. You can have it on phone cases, laptops, stickers, anything you like. So head over and check that out at Public. And then the YouTube channel, you're going to get 10 to 12-minute short form, all 22 breakdowns. For the next month, it's going to be well, less than a month. It's going to be all looking at the draft. We're going to be looking mostly at wide receivers, tackles, interior, offensive, and defensive linemen because that's what the Jets need. Uh, I haven't touched on safeties too much because it's a pretty weak group, but you're going to see a lot of guys like Benton out of Wisconsin and Tipman and Avila, and the tackles already have videos up there. So stay tuned. We've got a big two or three weeks coming up to the draft. I'm sure we'll be streaming up there as well uh, on draft day. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe and, uh, and check out our content. Make sure you check out everything we're doing over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store at tpublic.com, as Luke just talked about, and visit playlikeajet.com as well. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time as it costs you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.